coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster. I'm here with the Doc. John. Hey. Another week. Another week in the grind. This is a grind. That's one of the words. We're doing the grind and we hustle. We do the grind and we hustle. Yeah. All right, I'll take that. We work our asses off to do to bring shit and help people. He helps people by putting bones together, and I help people by taking them apart. By help. <laughs> by what? Right. No, I help people by keeping them safe. That's right. By making them unbullied. By having them realize the dream. I got Glo- I got a Glover this week. Uh, He's coming up. This he's month. coming up in uh, Miami. Uh, got him. I've had him since his first fight. He's he's done pretty well for himself. Um, we know about Chuck. Now I got a guy named Isaiah Rocha. He's making his pro debut this Friday at Chumash. Um, I've had him since he was four years old. He's twenty one now, and he's just he's he's such a good kid. He's had such a rough life family you know but he's just he stayed on the straight and narrow and he owes it a lot uh, he he says he owes a lot of it to the pit i think he's a great kid um but he had like a three six grade point average where nobody else in his like except for his brother i didn't even graduate and getting in trouble getting arrested he just he wrestled cif grade point average played soccer got out of college got out of high school started taking some college classes has a job down the street and he trains and i was undefeated as a uh, amateur mma fighter he's making his pro debut you can't be much uh prouder um i get emotional when i talk about big brother because i've had him for so long and four years old i've had him and he's been through so much just just terrible stuff that kids shouldn't have to go through. Um, thank God he has a really good uh, brother and grandparents. How old is he? About twenty two now. Twenty one, I think. Twenty one. Yeah. And, uh, what would you do if your fighter did that? So that picture I put up there is Justin Gaethje doing a backflip off the cage. Look how high he is above the cage. It's he's he's That's not, insane. I don't. Know. How would you feel if your fighter did that? I I would. Would you be mad? No, no, no. I, I wouldn't be mad. I don't like when they do that. And in fact, I have two fighters. Well, Court doesn't do it much, but Court does backflips, Court McGee, all the time. And I don't like, every time he does it, it's like, oh, I don't do that, because I could just see him landing wrong. Antonio Manuelos always did that. I don't think off the cage. That adds another dimension. But Gaethje's like a fucking car wreck. It's just, I can't even stand watching him fight. Um... It's too violent. It's like, fuck, if I want to watch a violent shit like that, I'll watch a movie. At least I can think it's fake. But when you watch him fight, it's like you just, I just, my head hurts, my stomach hurts, and I just... What makes him too violent? What does that mean? I think it just, he's just, he's kind of like Diego Sanchez. He's like, fuck. But he's like, nothing against Diego Sanchez. 
but they both are they both have about the same skills skill level but Gaethje hits harder um so he'll 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 uh he'll knock people out more but he also gets knocked out so I don't think he has the chin that Diego has cuz Chano Diego he'll get knocked out here and there but not I don't think he, I think he takes a lot more than Gaethje does but he can't hit as hard. It's just the two of them. I don't really like either one of them. Uh, I mean, I love them. It's a love hate. I just I don't like. They're too violent, and it's like have some show some more skill because fucking Gaethje's like an Olympic wrestler, um, but he just wants to stand there with hands on his side and just start swinging. He wants to he wants to purposely get hit just to make a better fight. And I don't like to watch that, you know. And and something he said after, at the post fight uh, thing, it wasn't right, and it wasn't right in the head. He should be he should be suspended for saying this because he really means it, and it makes for a really scary. I can't imagine being his parents and watching him fight. Um, Every one of his fights ends in a KO. <laughs> him or the other guy. He said. It makes me nervous. This is what he said. He fucking said, it makes me nervous because I don't get nervous before a fight. How can you not get nervous before a fight? I get nervous before every single fight. And then I never fought anywhere near like the UFC, but Chuck did. And I got nervous just walking to the cage for Chuck just because there's so many people there. Like, if I gave the water wrong or something, I'd be like, oh, shit, so many people watching. There's so many people watching me pour water into Chuck's mouth because Chuck's there. And Chuck barely got nervous, too, so I can't even understand it. Where I was like, it's... it's well, it is interesting because some fighters, right. they're undefeated. They're in, they feel invincible. I think maybe you don't get nervous when you feel invincible. But this fighter is a fighter who's been knocked out in his last two fights. And he doesn't get nervous. He's not right. Which is, is a little different because some people get knocked out and then they're diff they're a different fighter. Is that true? Yeah. You see some people like what did that happen to the big guy, the heavyweight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nagano. Nagano. So but, some people, I think, they get hurt and then it changes them. Maybe they were a little too cautious. Yeah, he got his, right. he got knocked out his last two fights. Yeah, but then you but then again you look at someone like Overeem. Overeem got knocked out a bunch of times, but he just went out slugging. Um, Alex, uh, I forget his name, the, the Russian guy that trains, uh, I think he's an ATT. Um, and then you got guys like uh, Peter Arts, kickboxer, K1. He like got knocked out every other fight, but he just came back slugging every other fight. So then, like I said, there's guys like Diego Sanchez. and I, Some guys it does affect and they get gun shy. But some guys just don't give a fuck. And I don't think Gaethje gives a fuck about anything. It's, it's, it's not fun to watch for me. It's like it's just it's like a car wreck. You know, you want to see the wreck, but you don't want to see people getting hurt. And with him, there's people getting hurt and a wreck. So, let's not even talk about it anymore. <laughs> fuck. He gives me... He, well, I got to say, though, his backflip. You've seen some people do a backflip and you worry they land awkwardly. He's pretty athletic, man. He does he it off the cage. That's like an Olymp Olympic level backflip, like stick the landing backflip. 
pretty impressive. He's not right. I, I just don't like watching him fight. I wish he wouldn't he do that shit. He must have been a gymnast or something. Is he a gymnast? He should be doing... No, he was a wrestler. <laughs> he should do something else. He should not fight anymore. He's gonna, I feel like slurring my speech just when I watch him fight. And I do that on my own anyway. So, all right. So, that fight's over. Let's not even talk about it So, this was uh, UFC Philadelphia. God, he hits so hard, too. I mean, he just got... I mean, and they were... I thought... I thought uh, you talk about the main Barbosa was yeah. just going to start killing him with that leg kick, but he came right back with his own just as hard. How would you feel about trading leg kicks? Those are calf kicks. They're like trading it's not fun. Full, fully wound up calf kicks on each other. It's not fun. That looked, that did it's not painful. look fun It's painful. At I'm all. telling you right now, it's painful. And, uh, so he caught uh, Barbosa with a right hook. A right. It was, Barbosa was kind of getting off the cage. And he was moving into uh, Gaethje's right, and Gaethje threw a right hook and just kind of met him there and just knocked him unconscious. Yeah, it just enough where it took him out. So that was round one finish. There are a few finishes in the, on this card. Um, this yeah. was another UFC on ESPN, not ESPN+. It's Plus. a, it's a, good, it's a good... They do, They're doing a good job. So far, everything they do is like top-notch. I think it's better than the Fox was. Yeah, it was very good. I think their their production they, quality um, is just top of the line, and and I just think it's really good. So, and then who else we got? We got the semi main was uh, that fight was so quick. I don't even not, not, I can't even talk about it. It was, it was Branch like, and Hermanson, and Hermanson just just uh, caught him in this weird ass setup. I I I I see most setups. I've just been watching so long. I don't really. I'm not a jujitsu guy, but just being around it and doing it for so long, I didn't see this coming. And he set up this this freaking uh, guillotine that I didn't see coming. He just had his arm in a weird place. But uh, I think uh, I think Dominic Cruz noticed it right away and said, "Oh, there's a." So it was a setup, and he got so the guillotine out. with the arm. He had an arm in yeah. the guillotine. Yeah. yeah. So but it was pretty tight. Yeah. So, so that, that was over in round one, also. So for like forty, finish. not even a minute into round one, you, you you'll see a knockout here and there, first round knockout, but usually not that quick of a submission, because that's. Did you ever hear anyone say, "Wow, that was a lucky submission"? Did he get? Do you think it was luck that he got the submission, or skill? Because sometimes when people land a punch, they go, "Oh, that was a lucky punch." How the fuck's that a lucky punch? Was that a lucky submission? That's that's like that's a really stupid thing to say. Well, I do agree though when two guys are brawling with they're just throwing punches and someone's going to get caught with one. Like who gets caught? Is there one guy that's more skilled? They're just just winging punches at each other. That's true and there's a lot of guys on the ground just going back and forth, back and forth, you know, and then somebody gets caught. Is it a lucky submission? It's I just, don't know. What so do you call it. So yeah, so I mean my point is yeah, you see a lot of guys like Two guys going just on the ground, just being. Then this guy's in. Then this guy's in. Then they're just like trading positions. And then if one of them catches the other guy, he didn't go. Oh, that was a lucky submission. So when guys are swinging, it's the guy that maybe it's the guy that's practiced that punch so much more times or has you know more skill in it. So I never think it's luck per se, but it's definitely lucky that he didn't get caught before he caught the other guy. Well, the next fight actually went a few rounds. Yeah. Still, still a finish though. That was uh, Josh Emmett and Michael Johnson. Yeah, and I didn't. 
right from the beginning, I right, I just thought Josh had taken too much time off for a, a match like uh, Michael Johnson, but Johnson's had some wear to him. But to be honest, when it came out, I mean, Johnson was looking sharp, and he he was looking. It looks like his timing was better. It looks like he was just quicker to the punch, and he was defending the takedowns like nothing. But I think again, Dominic Cruz. It could have been DC noticed that I didn't. They caught it before I did. They said they think he's like setting the takedowns, like just baiting him with the takedowns. He's gonna come over the top, which he did. He kind of faked a real subtly, faked a shot after he'd been. He took like nine shots or something, faked a shot, came over with an overhand right. And knocked him out cold. So I think what was so cool about that replay was he fakes the shot, which isn't didn't take much. I mean, it's just a little faint. And Michael Johnson just drops his hand. He just drops his hand as that right is coming in. Yeah, it's just brutal. And I don't know if his uh, mouthpiece went flying out, but because that for me was like to see the technique behind it. He didn't just, do it so much here. He didn't just catch him with one. For me, that was like knockout of the year so far. Watching that, it was so. Yeah. And we drill that all the time, you know. Fake low, go high. We do that in the bag. We do that with a partner. We do that drilling. We do that one move so much. Uh, it is fun to watch stuff that we practice. My, my fight team does it. My belt t- my class does it. Because in the street, it's the same thing. Fake low and come high. Um, so it was a beautiful knockout. And what it showed me was, I I've known Josh Emick, like. I really, he caught my eye with that knockout of uh, uh, Lamas. Um, and I was thinking, oh, this guy's a fucking left hook fanatic. So I was thinking, you know, I just think of him as a left hook guy. But now, he's just a whatever side I hit you with, I'm going to knock you out guy. So he's kind of like a, he's, to be honest, he's, uh, he's kind of like a little, a little version of Mike Tyson. I mean, he'll just fucking knock you out. With a left hook or an overhand right or whatever lands, I guess. I got to see him knock him out with an uppercut, though. That was one of... Uh, I think Tyson had three main fight uh, punches he knocked people out with. Left hook, overhand right, and that short right uppercut. So maybe his next fight, he'll knock someone out with that. That's a good, good prediction. I'm going to talk to him about that. <laughs> These guys, too, they're fighting at 145. They just don't look like 145 fighters to me. They're pretty built, and um, until you get the ref, I think Dan was Dan Mergley out of the ref on this one. Yeah, he looked so Dan looked so giant in there with no, these guys. No, it was uh, that really good ref. In oh, fact, little, oh, um, what's his name? Because he's a re- Douglas something. What Jacobson or something? I don't this know. guy's a good ref. He he. I actually think he uh, he did that fight, and I think he was right there. He's he's a good ref. I got to get his name. Uh, but he also ref the main event and uh, did a great job there. I think this guy is going to be one of the up and comers. We got we got Mark Goddard, we got we got Big Dan, and we got uh, Herb Dean. I think I think I think he's in the four now. I think the top four refs. Of, uh, um, he was he did a great job, man. He's no nonsense. Seems to always make the right call. He's just he's climbing the ladder. So, yeah, really good. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'll have to find it. Yeah, it's, it's Mark Goddard, Herb Dean. Now that John McCarthy's not refing anymore. To me, he was the best ever. But Herb Dean, Mark Goddard, 
Big Dan and uh, and this guy. I can't remember his name. Any of you guys know? Let me know. But um, so Dan Murgulato, where was he? He had he had triple bypass. Triple bypass. Wow. So he's back. So he was back. I, we hadn't seen him in a while. So it was good to see him back on this card. Yeah. It looked like he uh, lost a little weight, and uh, he looked good. Yeah. But good to see him back doing probably what he loves to do. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's uh, like Mark Goddard. You know, they they're uh, they're definitely martial artists. So is Big John. So is Herb Dean. Herb Dean actually fought MMA. I think Mark Goddard might have too. But I know they their specialty is jujitsu. Um, and I know I know uh, Dan loves uh, to train as well. I think his main thing is is uh, jujitsu. But I know he trains. I think he's in New Jersey. But anyway, so. Um, yeah, our refs, they weren't like boxing refs. Most boxing refs weren't ex-fighters or present-day fighters, but uh, the referees that we have in the UFC, I don't know about this guy that was there uh, uh, for these fights, but uh, the guy that I was saying is so good. Um, but I know Big, you know, Big Dan and John, and those guys are all martial artists, and so they, it just makes it better because they know the game a lot better than someone that, you know, took a seminar once. So, then we got... Um, so, M Michelle Watterson was the next fight. Yeah, Michelle Watterson against uh, Catalina. Um, Kowalkowitz. Ka um, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina or Carolina. Good fight, not great. Um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been the biggest fan of uh, Michelle Watterson, but I am now. I don't know, this fight was this fight turned the corner for me. She's just great. I think she's great now. So I'm a huge fan. Just wasn't before. I don't know why, but I am now. And I know she trains a lot with uh, John. Well, I don't know that. I know they train at the same gym, so I don't know if they train together. But they have like identical like facial expressions and the way they're kind of goofy and um, it's kind of funny to watch her post fight. They kind of are the same coming in the cage. They have this similar energy, which is really weird. Um, but that has nothing to do with the way she was fighting. She fought really well. Um, she was able to impose her takedowns, which she has a beautiful hip throw. Um, she has beautiful spinning techniques. Um, she just has a lot of speed and a lot of energy. Uh, Caroline's more like a slugger, more of a power puncher. And uh, Michelle just did not let her get off at all. and She, she was, really didn't. Yeah, she was thwarted every time. So so she um, she also got an arm bar yeah. on Carolina and bent her arm backwards pretty dang far at her elbow. But that's one of the things I think women can be a little more flexible anyway. Some some people's elbows will hyperextend on their own. They just straighten their elbow out and they can bend it backwards 15 degrees. Yeah. So that kind of helps you out when you're in an arm bar if you're that flexible. So I don't know if she got her elbow injured, but she was able to take a really deep arm bar yeah, it didn't end the fight. No, yeah, and it was yeah, I mean, it, and it also showed that uh, Michelle Watterson, uh, you know, her nickname Karate Hottie, um, but she's also really good at takedowns, um, and really good on the ground. She's had s submissions and striking, and she's she's just good everywhere. And like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of hers, uh, no 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 particular reason. But I am now. I she think. was in side control. She dropped some elbows uh, on yeah, her. She's. I, I think she did everything right. Yeah. And like I said, everything. 
Uh, Carolina usually is able to impose her will on people just because she's kind of methodical that way. Um, If you guys remember boxing at all, she was kind of like Alexis Arguello, uh, who was the featherweight champion in boxing. Um, But she wasn't able to. Uh, uh, Michelle Karate Hadi was able to impose her will and just out-hustle her. So, so she, she won by decision all yeah. three rounds. Yeah, she, uh, 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 unanimous decision. And it wasn't really a good fight just because it was so one-sided. Michelle dominated. So great performance, not a great fight. So the next one was uh, got a performance of the night. Um, was Kennedy... I don't know how you say How do you say his last name? I don't know. Kennedy against Paul Zikichewu Craig. against Paul Craig. So Kennedy against Paul Craig. Um so this one went into third round and also ended. Um, I, I did notice, in the, I think it was in the very beginning of the fight, Paul Craig went in for a single leg and had Kennedy against a cage. That seems like a dangerous position because it was kind of the same thing that happened to Glover in his last fight yeah. where he had the guy against the cage trying to secure a takedown. So both your arms are tied up and you get elbowed in the back of the head repeatedly. And the same thing happened to Paul Craig. He took some nasty elbows. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a position. Yeah, that we 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 were really careful about, and uh, it can happen with a double or a single. But somebody's head is down, and I mean they're in a perfect position. And actually, one some guy was taking down one of my guys years ago, and my guy was elbowing him straight down like that, and really hurt him, and I think he knocked him out. And that's where they and after that fight, it was in New Jersey, I believe. They instituted the. 12 to no 12 to 6 elbow rule. What Actually, about if it's not 12 to 6 but it's the back of the head? It's still illegal. Right. So it yeah. doesn't matter if it's 12 to 6. No, it's, it's stupid as hell, but he was nailing him with that. So instead of just saying, okay, no 12 to 6, the back of the head or the back of the neck, they just said no 12 6. So you actually, if you're on the ground and you're lying there, you can't even 12 to 6 elbow somebody's foot. That's illegal. That's how stupid that rule is. Well, I think the back of the head rule is easy to understand if it's anything behind your ears, but it's not always, right? It's yeah. It's more narrow than that. It is. Know. It is. And it's, it, I don't like that rule, the back of the head rule either. To me, it's like the 12-6 rule or on, on you know, one, one, one hand is posted or whatever. But it is a position to watch out for because if you're up on somebody's you know, getting a takedown, you want to be higher and you want to be around their, you know, position, but sometimes you just don't end up there. And if they're able to control your head and put it in a place, I mean, you've seen knockouts there, right? It seems to me the most dangerous place to do that, to go for a takedown like that is against the cage because you're giving your opponent is balanced against the cage and he's not getting pushed anywhere. You have to try to pull him down. And meanwhile, you're getting elbowed in the back of the head. Um, so I don't know if it makes a difference for you if, if your fighter tries to take someone down in the middle of the cage. We want it against the cage. So if you're against the cage, it seems right. like the person has more so, balance to elbow so you. So you, you have to watch out for the elbows and some other things that they can do. But in the middle, all they have to do is step back or step to the side. So it's harder to get someone against the, in the middle. Um, and it's usually against the cage where it's more... Uh, it's more effective. You're just really, yeah, it seems like yeah. you're really putting yourself out there to get elbowed yeah. in the back. So you're of risking head. a better chance of a takedown versus that counter. That's usually, 
you know, the biggest counter. But then again, if you do in the middle of the cage, the guy can sprawl. Now he has complete control of your head. Now he has your back. Now he has... So it's a... Yeah, it's it's definitely... What about single leg versus double leg? That wouldn't matter. The, the, you can get... As long as your head is down too much, that's, that's what it is. Like if you have the head on a high single and your head's around like over here, then they're going to have a hard time. You know what I mean? But if, they, if they're able to control the head and put it down... Then they have a lot of room to elbow. So, so he I mean, took he took those elbows and I think he took them. He took went, pretty well it, until the end of the fight. He he won by a submission with like just seconds left, I don't know, thirty seconds or something left in the yeah, fight. Yeah, he did, and and yeah, and that, that's why in the street I don't really like takedowns as much. I like uh, body fold takedowns or body lock takedowns. I think if you're doing double leg takedowns or single leg takedowns in the street. Especially if you're not really like Sam Hen- Sammy Henson or some like Olympic level wrestler, I mean you can really get fucked up trying to take someone down in the street if they you know how to defend a little bit and they can control your head. Next thing you know, your face is in the cement being smashed. So I'm not crazy about double leg takedowns, even if you get a good uh, slam. But you can also get that from a body lock and not put yourself in that vulnerable position in the cage. Yeah, you can get you can eat some elbows, but even if you get slammed, I mean, if you get slammed or pushed down, it's mad. So it's a huge difference. Plus, there's a referee. So the other thing that happened in this fight was an eye poke. Yeah. Well, well, multiple eye pokes, but eventually it got bad enough where a point got taken. Not that it ended up mattering, but that could have mattered if it went to the card or, or to the scorecards. Yeah, yeah. The guy's from where's the guy from? Scotland. I couldn't even understand him. Yeah, the other guy was his first fight in the UFC. Yeah, Kennedy he's from, from Nigeria or something. So he he threw an eye poke and he kept having his fingers out trying yeah. to find his range. He he got a pretty good eye poke on Craig, got a point taken, and then afterwards he was so careful to hold his fist. I think he was just concentrating on holding his fist closed. Yeah. After that happened, which has got to throw you off. Yeah, because then your next one could be a disqualification. Yeah, it's got, but it seemed like he was like that was all of a sudden. Now he's concentrating on that. And, and then he was he, favorite too, two to one almost. Well, he came in. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So. All right, then we got uh, a really good fight, a really competitive fight where I see I I can see that why he won, but I mean to be honest, like uh, man, I could have I could have I could have gone either way with it, I, but I could definitely see how that guy won. Um, it was uh, yeah, Keith Peterson. Keith Peterson is that um, who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a good referee. Keith Peterson is a referee. Um, but anyway, so that Yusef guy, um, yeah, good guy. Uh, close fight, man. I, I, I could have gone either way with it. I think he got a takedown that, that, that changed everything. He got a knockdown. He hit, oh, that with, he hit him with a right hand in the third round. Okay, so that was it then. That okay. probably decided the fight, you think? Yeah, I, I do, because I, I think it was really close. It definitely cinched it. I mean, if it wasn't, yeah, that one definitely gave him the round. Yeah, because I I give the I give the second to uh, to Moraes and the first to him. So yeah, it was good. They're both fucking good though. Shit, They're he both... got a clean knockdown in the third round. Yeah, which... yeah, they, but it, but but Moraes count right back up. He's a fucking tough guy. That guy's a fucking beast, man. He's like a machine. Maurice Moraes was throwing these body shot head kicks. Yeah, like over and over that's and over. School. He must he was training for that. I, I don't know. I thought that was gonna that's be what he school. needed in this that's, fight. That's old school. 
K1 kickboxing. It was body shot, head kick, body yeah. shot, head kick. He's doing that every round. Yeah, that's uh, that's Ernesto Hoofs, man. Ernesto Hoofs used to do that. He was from Holland. Uh, but that was a good fight. So, I mean, it was a good card. I mean, all the fights were... And the, and the great referee is Keith Peterson. That's the one that's... Uh, He's he's def he did a fucking great job. It's just he was right there. He saved uh, he saved uh, uh, Barbosa and he saved uh, um, Johnson. And he I, he must have been in most of. He also he's took the lot. point. Didn't he take the point away? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But he made some good calls. He's he's a sharp guy, man. Holy shit! So we got some good refs out there right now. I think uh, yeah, between him, Herb Dean. Uh, Mark Goddard um, and 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 Big Dan. I mean, shit, we got covered, man, with refs. He's the best group of refs I've ever seen. That's really good. So what else we got? We got um, yeah, we got some good fights coming up. Uh, Holloway against Por- uh, Poirier. Is that is that this coming week? It's uh, April thirteenth. Okay, shit. All right. So no. So we got nothing this week. So. Man, can't we got we got we're gonna take well, a break. You do have something this week. I got the fights. Yeah, you got fights this week on Friday night. I wonder. If I got two of my guys. I wonder if people can tune in and watch that. He's like, isn't uh, Isaiah the main event? I don't know. That's I think he's I the main event. That's what I heard. Yeah. So we got. I got two. I got a female fighting. You like? What's the difference between a female and a male? Is that like saying, "Well, I got a black guy fighting"? <laughs> is that different <laughs> if it's a white guy? Why is it a, different if it's a male or a female? It's not, but you know why I say that? Because if it was a black guy or a white guy or a Mexican guy, it doesn't matter. But when it's a girl, to me, it's a different. If it's, it's a different cornering, um, and I'll tell you why. And this could sound sound very chauvinistic, and I don't really give a fuck. Um, I just it, it it I get a little more nervous on the cuts. Um, Mainly, I think that's it. I get a little more nervous on the cuts. Um, and I know this is chauvinistic. Tell me if I'm wrong. And anyone out there, tell me if I'm long, wrong. Um, if, if it's a girl fighting um, and she has a cut, okay, then she gets cut. So you let it go on and she has a, a massive cut. They sew it up. She has a scar. Then she gets a couple more cuts. Tell me out there. You see a girl that's retired from fighting. She's like 40 years old and she's really good looking otherwise. But say she has scars all over her face and cauliflower ears and a flat nose. Okay. Now You're painting a picture. Yeah. You see a guy like that or a girl like that. The guy kind of looks rugged and tough. Right. Does the girl look rugged or tough? Do you think that's going to suit her well later in life? I don't know. I mean, it might be chauvinistic of me. And like I said, I don't really give a fuck if it does or not. But to me, I would be more cautious in stopping a girl fight than a guy fight over a cut or like a really bad nose. Even though the nose, forget the nose, they can fix the nose, a cut. Because no matter how good the plastic surgeon, it's a luck of the draw. A lot of times a bad cut will heal wrong or not heal really well and you have an ugly scar. So that's what I mainly look out for. The punching, the everything else. I think girls are every bit as tough as guys, without a doubt. I think girls are getting just as skilled as guys in fighting. Most sports, they're not. But in fighting, I think they just about are. Um, I think we're not too far away, and I'm, I'm waiting for that day. 
where it's just a 125-pound division and there's no gender specific. I think, I think we're there soon. And if we're not, um, there goes the equality thing. You think there's going to be no gender fighting? I, if they're not, they'll never be equal. I mean, if, unless it's like... I mean, you want to fight, fight. There should be a weight class. I mean, you can't say, oh, the guy's so much bigger and stronger. No, it's a one fucking 15-pound you know, class or 125-pound class. I don't think it should matter if it's a girl or a guy or, a, you know, just like it doesn't matter what color they are. I don't think it should matter what gender they are. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's an actual medical difference. So, okay. Body composition. Okay. Body so, fat percentage, body composition. But what different. does that have to do with the fight? This is a fight, though. We're not, we're, it's not a bodybuilding contest where it all well, that Well, why have a weight class either? I guess old school UFC didn't. No, so. but fight, no, but weight class is clear. I mean, the force is different. The power is different. The strength is different. The gender, it doesn't matter. If you're 125, you're 125. You're being a weightist. It's saying that weight matters. <laughs> if you're, if you're, matter. if you got your weight, you're 125 pounds between behind a punch. It doesn't matter if there's a vagina there or a penis. Does it? <laughs> Where is it again? No, the weight, the weights behind the punch is 125 pounds is going to hit that person. It doesn't matter. You if don't that, think muscle mass matters? No. You no don't think way. people are the same? Ask, ask so fucking so everyone in the same weight class hits the same? With the same power? No. 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 No, I think, yeah. And do you think every girl that fights every girl hits the same? No. No, no. I don't think the gender makes a difference. I think the person, the way they turn their hip, the way they whip it, I think that makes a difference. I don't think the fact that if they have a penis or vagina matters. Do you, I You're mean, so progressive. I like this new side. How's that progressive? This is <laughs> this, this is not progressive at all. It's very progressive. Yeah, I think it's old. I think it's conservative and old school. I think progressive would be oh, let's have no gender when we go to the bathroom. Up, conservative and old school was women didn't fight. Yeah, probably. Now okay. you want to some progressive? Guys. Maybe Sorry. you're regressive. I don't. You want I don't women know. to fight men. I know. I just want. I don't want. The, I don't want women to fight men or women. I don't think there should be a, a difference. I think, like, if a woman goes to medical school, doesn't matter. It, is there a different test? No. In fact, my medical school class was more women than men. See, what Progr- the... progressive. Okay, so I don't think it should matter if it's a woman or a man. I think it's a weight class should 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 dictate. And when you put a gender on something, just like if you put a race before something, that's racist. No but, matter what. But you are being you, a little contradictory here, John, because you what? don't think that people that have ever used steroids and maybe have more muscle mass should ever fight again because it's unfair. And you don't think someone should with steroids should be fighting someone without because it's unfair. What if your steroids are God-given? What if your testosterone then that's, that's is God given? Then it's then that's that's fair. Then what? No, it's not. Yes, of course it is. How is it not? If you're so, if you take steroids, it's not fair. It's but not if fair. God, if you were born with steroids, it's fair. Okay, so that's the exact same thing as if you went in with a fucking baseball bat. Okay, that's not fair. But if you kick like a baseball bat, then that is fair. I mean. You're, if you're bringing something outside of, of you that's yours, Your it's unfair. Gender. You're gender biased. You're fucking a misogynist. You <laughs> shouldn't say, I think women are every bit as tough as men, and they should be fighting men. Only on our podcast 
does the guy who thinks women should be fighting men call the other guy a misogynist? <laughs> what? Sometimes just, John picks the opposite side of an argument just to make things interesting. So good job, John. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you're saying interesting. My wife calls it being a fucking asshole. At least you call it being interesting. But anyway, all right. Um, what else you got going on? You got I, enough going on. You're always traveling. I, I you're home, enough. but you're traveling. So I'm if not. anyone's... So the fights are the World Fighting Championship fights in Solvang Friday. Sure, you can go and see the fights Chumash. live. Chumash. I don't know if you can stream them online, maybe. I have no idea. If, um, if you can, I'll look into it. I'll put a link in the description. But then, but then if you live anywhere in, in the L.A. area, I'm teaching a class in Santa Monica, April 13th. What's the class? It's a CrossFit class, but I'm going to be teaching martial arts and fitness and I'm going to start doing that once a month. And I'm going to get my own following there. And I'm actually going to get a following there uh, of guys from L.A. where I'm going, to do, I'm going to be doing privates there on Saturday or Sunday. And then I'm going to start promoting people. I'm going to get my own belt class there where they can get a belt you know, from, from our system if you live in L.A. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's like I'm in a small area here in Aurora Grande. And I, and I, want, to, and I, I want to share the pit with more people. So that's what we're doing for that, and and let's let's stop the madness. I was talking to someone in my office that does not come here, goes to another karate school in Santa Barbara. Anyway, he was telling me when he gets his black belt, their their instructor had problems with people getting their black belt and it being like a bucket list thing, and then they wouldn't come back. They get their black belt and then they would leave. So this the 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 person there running that. Uh, karate studio would give you your black belt but then you would put like tape on it and you couldn't remove the tape for like two years and you had to there were like certain steps you had to do over those next two years to become a real black belt because he was having a problem with people leaving is that a problem in karate schools do people get their black belt and then it's not really a way of life for them they just want yeah, the black belt there's a lot of I have people, my retention after black belt isn't very good and I think people just want to, oh, I got my black belt in the pit. What the way I did, and the way you, your guy did with it is just kind of it's kind of lame because we do a brown black belt, and then they have to stay there for a while. Then they get the black belt, so they do the black belt with the tape, and hang there for a year or two. And then, well, he made actually one of the things he made him do is he made him compete at a black belt level, so they had to go to a competition and compete at that level before you would they would make you a real. So I'm going to make a guy fight in a cage. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not saying you no, should I know, do that. No, I know, but that's... So that would be my... That's that's the way we could be, because we do Hawaiian Kempo, so I couldn't do a point-fighting karate tournament. I wouldn't expect them to do a jiu-jitsu tournament. They would have to do an MMA match, and I would never make anyone do that. But when these guys... After two years, after these guys, when they take off the tape, they're just going to quit anyway. So it says... I mean, it doesn't matter. They're not going to keep them much longer than I do, because we, we take longer to get our black belts anyway here than 99% of the schools out there. Well, your black belts that are here, that are teaching me and in our class, that's part of their life. I mean, yeah, that's, they're, they're not, they, I don't care, I don't know if they care they what They get a tattooed. Either. They got, yeah. <laughs> almost everyone that gets to green or brown belt, not almost everyone, but a ton of them get pit tattooed. So, you know, so it, it does become part of their life. It's a brand, it's, it's, it's a culture, and it's, uh, I'm pretty happy with the way our black belts are. And, uh, um, but yeah, but yeah, a lot of people get their black belt and go. The way we deal with it, um, who's in there? Who's that? Oh, it's me. Oops, oh, I'll take my charger back. 
Oh, okay. All right, now you're good. Um, the way we deal with that is um, if people quit and they don't stay and they don't, they're not active in our system, I take them out of the family tree. So a lot of people want to be in that pit family tree, but if you get your black belt and then you don't come back or you, you know, you know, you're, you're not going to stay in the family tree. It's like being a doctor, you know, you got to, you, you, you get your MD, but then say, okay, I'm fucking done. And then boom, next thing you know, where's your CUs? There's so CME, continuing yeah. medical education. You yeah. need CME. Oh, we continuing martial arts education. Yeah. <laughs> so we call it CUs. Continuing education unit. So, like, if, if you're a registered nurse, you go, I got my RN. I passed the boards. Yeah, I'm not going to go. I don't want to learn anything. I don't have to practice that anymore. Next thing you know, two years later, you get a fucking thing in the mail that says, yeah, your license is over now. We just took your license away. Now you're not an RN anymore. Same thing with RN. Same thing, I think, with a lawyer. Same thing with a police officer. You have to take continuing education, education to keep your license, to keep your... You know, as, as even a police officer has to do that. So um, if, we, if my guys get their black belt, boom, they get on the family tree. But then if they don't come for, say, a year or two, I just take them off the family tree. So, you know, they, they can go around and say, I got my black belt in the pit, but they're not going to show up in my family tree anymore. And they're not going to have any of the benefits. Like when we do a, when we do a, um, like we do a family uh, reunion, I'm not going to invite them. So, I mean, there's, there's good parts and bad parts. Continuing martial arts education units. Yeah. All right. Something new. Something new. Let me just tell you guys something. Um, do you know that the average, the average female? I gotta go. We're talking about <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Okay. The average female, <laughs> and I want equality. I don't want. I don't want any gender. They should do the same test for cops, same for fire. You guys want the same job? Do the fucking same test. So well, let me tell you one thing. You don't gender is not an issue. It is an issue, <laughs> okay. but I don't want I don't want a weak ass bitch. All right. I mean, I want a strong woman that can fucking keep up with me. I don't I don't want it the same. I don't want them to be the same, but I want them to be equal. Okay. The average woman in her lifetime. Spends 15,000 hours putting on makeup. That's a fucking... That's, you know what you could do in 15,000? right. Where do you get this statistic? I calculate it. Calculate it. <laughs> you know what that means? That's like an average of 10 full days a year of just putting on their makeup. So, I'm just saying, guys. I'm all for equality, but I say it starts now. And it starts with... Uh, it starts with, um, okay, just all you do is 40 minutes, uh, 40 minutes a day, usually. Now, times that by 365, <laughs> and then... When do you start putting on makeup, Joe? Exactly. I, I went with, like, 12. How, how many years of I makeup? I went with, like, 12, right? <laughs> so, from 12, I did 60 years. 60 years. It's 250 hours a year with your calculation. Yeah, that's about, like you said, 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't put up bogus stats. I fucking got... I look into my he stats. He spent time with this, people. Let me just tell you something. Let <laughs> me wrote, tell you another thing. He wrote this down, and he got out his calculator. What else you got? 
Okay, because I'm doing self-defense stuff. My, my thing isn't the equality thing. It's so self-defense. So where, where are we going with the 15,000 hours? Are you a proponent of more hours or less hours? No, I think they should spend more time training and less time fucking okay. paint, putting war paint on their face. But let me tell you something that's even weirder. Some of these weak-ass, just weak fucking people, guys, they spend an average of, by the time they die, from the time they were born and started watching TV at like six years old, Till they die at like 75. They've spent 12 full years watching TV. Go fucking train. You could have got fucking two or three black belts in that time. Don't be such a pussy. Be able to do some shit and, and, and get out there. Quit watching TV. Putting on makeup. You know, go Don't out watch and bad train. TV. Don't watch bad TV. Yeah. Some TV's okay. No, get, TV's good. <laughs> but, but... But if you're watching 12 hours of TV in your lifetime and you're not training, you're a bitch. If you're training for, you know, however long like we train and you watch that much TV, you probably won't get much else done, but at least you're not a bitch. <laughs> how many, speaking of which, I will bring up one thing. Does your phone tell you how many hours a day you use it? Yeah. Probably don't want to share those numbers. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how it is. Yeah, it does too much. I, I, I don't believe uh, mine. Well, I'm it, at work all day. It told me last time um, what I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing something right because it's like I was down such and such percent from the week before. It like measures you week to week. Yeah, it makes you feel bad about yourself. Yeah, I don't feel bad about myself. <laughs> Fuck them. I train hard enough, and I put enough into our. We do, we put enough into our hardcore training and shit like that. Where if I want to spend some time putting pictures of my wife up and shit, I got a really good picture of her up. Yeah, man. Oh, you, I'm going to get in trouble for putting this picture. But let me just tell you something. I love my wife. And she's a down-to-earth. She's not a fucking narcissist. She yeah. is not. She puts very little time into her makeup. She's fucking drop-dead gorgeous. But let me, But just like women are a little, little stressed about taking poop, you know? Like, guys are proud of their poop. And we take a lot of poops. I'll poop, in, I'll poop at any restaurant, anywhere, in a bathroom, you know? Some people, they got to be at home and they're, you know, they get all neurotic about it. She doesn't poop as well. And I hear a lot of times, oh, I haven't used the bathroom in three days. My tummy hurts. And I'm over there pooping like eight times a day. And she gets jealous. So she finally took a really good poop. And all of a sudden, she's coming out of the bathroom with this huge smile on her face. They go, why are you so happy? She goes, oh, my God, I took such a good poop. So I got a picture of her face. I'm going to put it on, on Instagram. But she's actually proud of her poop. And it was like a post-poop celebration face. And I'm really proud of her for that. It makes me love her like, like this much more. It was unbelievable. Yeah, your wife, I don't know what to say. That? I don't share? know what to say. You're not going to share that shit. I don't know wife. what to say, although things like this do come back later in courtrooms. and Courtroom? Anyway. What, about pooping courtroom? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Now, uh, anyway. I, I, hey, I, good fights. Good fights. Good, good luck to your guys fights. and you on Friday. Good fights, good training, and good poops. Best of luck to all of you. The new motto. Yeah. Till next time. All right. <laughs> Genderless. <laughs>